book of Acts a minute. I'm going to have you run that film for me on that truck in just a minute. Acts 19. I was up at Sonny Flocks, Pastor Flocks, Pastor Sonny Flock. You know, Pastor Sonny Flocks Church, him and Cassie, just recently, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And they told me when I was there in June that I'd prayed over some prayer cloths. And I said to the people, that's what they told me I did, you know. And sometimes I remember things, but sometimes I'm over in the Holy Ghost. I don't remember everything in my brain. It doesn't come out of there. It comes out of my spirit. But anyway, I, I'm, I have a good mind, by the way. But I asked the Lord about that. That's why I'm saying that. But anyway, he said this lady took a prayer cloth and her husband's a trucker, drives an 18-wheeler. He got up the next morning or something, said he didn't feel quite up to par. And she said, well, here's a prayer cloth from Dr. Jacob. Put it in your pocket. So he started down the road in the truck from Ferdinand, which is where Jasper's at, Ferdinand and Santa Claus land, to Evansville. And he got down the road a little bit and fell asleep going 75 mile an hour in his rig. So these are the pictures that they had of the truck. Am I in your way, somebody? When they got to him, they said, normally we don't take people home. We take them to the morgue in a wreck like this. All he did was, and, he, and not only did he go off the road, he went through a forest. And he's in a forest and he went, he, they said he mowed down trees this big around for 100 yards. It took $50,000 to get the tow people to get him out of the woods with that rig. $50,000. So, and the only thing he did is he, he jarred his jaw on the steering wheel and just fractured it and didn't need surgery or nothing. It healed itself. But they said, he got up and testified in church, I had this prayer cloth from Dr. Jacobs. Well, I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. But there is anointing in certain substances. I didn't read this yet. I was got ahead of myself. But Acts 19, yeah, and probably had an angel with him holding him back so he didn't fly out the windshield. And God wrought special miracles, verse 11, by the hands of Paul, and he could do special miracles by other men's hands too, and women, yeah. so that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and diseases departed from them, evil spirits. Well, he didn't need deliverance or healing, but he needed protection. Yeah. So anyway, that's just I just thought I'd show you that. They brought it to my attention. I didn't know anything about it when I was just there a few weeks ago. So the yeah, the woods stopped him. But they said he went... Uh, Sonny said, Pastor Sonny said he went 100 yards through the woods mowing down trees with this big 18-wheeler fully loaded. That's a lot of weight. It just pulverized trees, big old trees, you know, big trees, Sonny said, like this big around. Just knocked them down, sheared them off. Come on, Jesus. You know, it was just amazing. Just amazing. See, you know, just a little bit of something. Now, I didn't know I thought it was going to happen. I just prayed over some prayer cloths for people in that meeting because God told me to. And look what he did. Amazing. So I want to talk to you today about healing, divine healing. So for a little bit, let's go to John 10 and verse 10, if you would. And uh, I'm going to get to you, Daryl, eventually back here in the back. Hold up. I'm going to get to you today. Did you read those books? You didn't? Almost. almost? Well, if he's almost, if you're ready, when I have a prayer line, you come. A little Daryl back there. How old are you, Daryl? Eight years old, and he came to me last week. He said, Dr. Jacobs, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. 
He's the only one of this whole crowd that ever came to me this last time I taught on him. Come on. Thank you, Daryl. He's, He's smart. And I said, well, listen, do you have those little books? And he said, yeah, Mom has them. So, you know, so I said, well, listen, you come back next week. He said, she said, he just about finished reading them, so I'm going to take that as a yes. And if he's hungry, you come, I'll pray for you, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you'll speak in other tongues. Because I told him I would. I said, now, what's your name? He says, Daryl or Darrell. But I, I said, what do you like better? He said, Daryl. So I said, I'll call you Daryl. I would have called you Darrell if you liked that better, but anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. Just teasing with him. He's a sweet young man. John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now we know, first of all, that Jesus is speaking and he's not talking about the father being a thief. He's not talking about himself. He's going to tell you that in just a minute, his own words. And he's not talking about the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is given as a gift to the body of Christ. And salvation is God's gift to the heathen, the unbeliever. Salvation is the free gift that God gives to the unbeliever. But then once he's a believer or she's a believer, he's got the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then with that gift comes many other things along the way. Revelation comes and so But we're seeing this thief then is talking about the devil. The devil comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So I'm just showing you, I think John 10.10 is a dividing line of the whole Bible. I think it's a dividing line of the universe. (laughs) So I'm not sure what else is out there. I know heaven's there, but I think there's some other things beyond that personally. But anyway, let's just stop there. Whatever, this is the main scripture of the whole Bible that divides everything. Everything that comes steal, kill, and destroy, put it on this side. It's not me. It's not God. It's not Jesus. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's not the Word of God. So when I read the Bible, see, and I see something, like one time I was reading back in Job about how Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I said, I caught you in a fib here, Lord. He said, you didn't catch me in a fib. I said, well, then you have to explain that to me because you didn't take away. And he said, well, the reason I, it said he didn't sin, didn't, he didn't call, he didn't call God falsely. He didn't know any better. James 4 says that he that knows a good thing to do and doesn't do it, to him it's sin. But Abraham was way, I mean, uh, Job was way back in the beginning of the time, back by Abraham's time. And he had a covenant with God like Pastor Mark taught us recently. But he fouled up because he got in fear. Who came to take his faith away? The devil. Worked on his mind until he thought his kids are going to sin. And he continually gave sacrifices. You know, you need to pray and do other things. Sometimes it takes you time to log, log in. But once you log in, log in, log down, stay with that. You don't have to pray about it over and over and over and over and over. Most time it's unbelief. If you just get it right the first time, you can lock away with it. And some things I've said, I just said them one t- after I studied it, said it one or two times in the earth and period. I've walked in it for 30 years. Anyway, the thief, the devil... It only comes for one reason, to steal from. So if anybody tries to steal my health in order to destroy me or kill me and get me off this planet. See, that's the big thing right now. If you're not in this earth, guess what? You can't witness for Jesus. That's, a, that's the main reason the devil wants you out of here. And people that know a lot, they're even more of a priority because they know we'll infect other people with the gospel, the good news, the power of God and teach people how to live victoriously. 
Yeah. The devil's not here. He's so afraid of what I'm saying. He don't stay around like that when you talk faith. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I know. So we see here the devil comes to steal our health. He comes to steal our money. He comes to steal our relationships. He comes to kill us and kill things in our life that we thought were important. All of a sudden, that's a dead relationship. That's a dead thing. This is a dead thing. Whatever it is. If it kills something, it's not of God. Well, I just read you that the pastor's and his word, God's word, would help us flourish. That's the opposite of kill everything. <laughs> okay. And to destroy. See, the devil comes to destroy things. Yeah. You have to be on your toes a little bit with this. But learn that that's what it is. When it comes into your life, you should be able to understand that mentally and get a hold of that and do something about it. Yeah, you do something about it. God's not going to do anything about it for you. He's already done everything he's going to do for you. Now listen to me. I'm, I'm going to help you if you listen to me. He's already done it. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now he is interceding for us. I appreciate that. But, you know, he's not down here anymore. We're here. He is helping us through intercession and, I, and you know, whatever. But at the same time, he's already defeated the devil for us. And he gave us the keys to the kingdom and the dominion to take care of things. You get to James, it says, you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Peter says the same thing. Stand fast in your faith and he'll run away from you. The devil will. See? But he's just a big loud mouth and a bully and the whole nine yards, you know, and he'll try to intimidate and make you think he's all that when he's really not anything at all. When it comes to us who know the word. So when something comes to steal or kill or destroy in my life, I know immediately it's the devil's work. And sometimes he uses people. You know what I mean? He uses people that you thought loved you. Right? And, so, and then you just need to let God heal you of that hurt. If you feel hurt and you feel sorry, I'm not making fun of you. Cry all you want, but crying won't fix it. Be as mean as you want about it, but being mean won't fix it. Be retaliatory if you want. Then you're going to open the door for more problems mentally. And you already got mental problems because you're hurt and you won't let God heal you of that. You know, when God heals us, he knows how to heal a spirit, soul, and body. My spirit's already been healed because I got saved. My spirit is in God, and he's in there. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotion, I have to renew my mind constantly to things. Even if 70 years old, yeah, and still renew my mind. Some of the same things that I've studied for 40 years or better because it's helpful to me. It feeds my spirit. It renews my mind. It quickens my body. That means makes my body alive with his power. Yes. Even if I was going through something, I wouldn't tell you about it. I mean, I'm just talking. I'm not being smart because I'm believing God. You, you just need to catch on. Be like that yourself. And if you need my agreement, I'll pray with you. Of course I will. I'm not, being, I'm not saying I don't want to pray for you. I have a healing endowment. But see, I have, you know, I'm required by God to pray for people. I want to, but I mean, I'm required by him. I remember one time he's not had to deal with me since then. Been a few years back, maybe 10. And I went, I think I went a couple weeks, didn't lay hands on people. He said, I told you to get your hands on people. Then I went on, I got my hands on people for the next month or so. Then I went six weeks one time. He said, I don't want to ever have to talk to you again about this, Michael. Do you understand me? 
You just think he loves on you all the time. He was loving on me. He was loving on you more right then. Because, and I started crying. I don't know how you feel when somebody rebukes you, especially Jesus. It broke my heart. I said, God, I am so sorry. I didn't pay attention. He said, I don't want to ever have to bring this up again in your lifetime. Do you understand me? That had been I 60 years old. <laughs> I said, yes, sir, I understand. And then I heard Dr. Dufresne make a comment after he was gone. I heard him make this comment. He had it on paper, quote him. He said, every time I neglect the endowments in my life, my body starts getting sick and my finances start drying up because I'm not using what God told me to do. <laughs> so I'll tell you that. Anyway, praise the Lord. So you're still with me? We're still in John 10, 10. We got to move quicker than this or we're never going to get through this. <laughs> okay, let's see. Verse 10, the second part. Well, let me read the first part over. The thief, the devil, and demons come not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And anything that's birthed of the devil, which would be sickness, disease, poverty, uh, mental problems, emotional instabilities, you know, I, I know people say, well, you inherited something from your father and mother. Well, that may be true in the natural, but you got new genes when you got born again. G-E-N-E-S, genes. You, you got new genes from God. And you need to stop always identifying, you know, all the weaknesses in your family. See, that's the problem. The devil knows all the weaknesses in your family because most of them didn't know God. They made the last generation, but several back, they didn't know anything probably, and they just whatever they wanted to, and then the devil got involved. And then he just passes down if he can. Got to make a stand against it. And my wife and I did that before we had our first child. We realized that there was something to this, and we wrote down on a piece of paper all the things that we knew was wrong in our family. What I mean wrong is either mental illness, the occult, uh, sickness and disease, certain types of sicknesses came through our families, hers and mine took a lot of people out and we listed them all and then we put it to the bottom and anything else that we don't know about because you know my mother and her mother only knew so much even though they were older so we just said anything and we wrote on the paper Galatians 3 13 and 14 we're redeemed from all of this Amen. it stops with me that's what I said to the Lord it stops with me and Diane I'm stopping it right now in our life as a couple and it stops with me and it's not going to get on my children okay all right. The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and to destroy. I know I'm going over this, but Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God, and the, the Greek says, and I think the Amplified says it too, until it overflows. That's the kind of life God wants to give you. You know, if something's overflowing, there's more than enough. It's not barely enough. It's not just enough. It's overflowing. There's more than enough. You get over in that realm, over and above land, I call it, over and above. And it's in the Bible, you know, it talks about how David, had, he was a pretty rich man. He designated so much of tithe and offering. But then he said, well, I'm going to give over and above that. And you know, some of us, you can just make a decision. And you might have to start with a dollar over and above or five over and above, but eventually you can get to 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, half a million. On and on I could go if you had time. But you've got to start somewhere in getting over and over and above land. Yes. Pastor Nancy taught a message a couple of years ago called living off the top of the barrel. You've heard people say, I'm not living at the bottom of the barrel. I'm under the barrel. The barrel's on top of me. 
That's the way most people think. They wouldn't say that, but that's the way they think. Yeah. See, prosperity is the way you think. Prosperity yeah. is the way you talk. Prosperity is the image you have. Yeah. Prosperity is the way you talk. Prosperity is the way you think. Yes. Yes. You got to get your mind renewed to that, and you'll get over it eventually. Nobody's going to get rich overnight. I don't care who they are. Even Jesus didn't. Okay, he had some overtakings. Some things overtook him. But still yet, he, he just walked by faith every day. Are you still here? God wants us to have life till it overflows. That means there's more than, more than just enough for me and my four, but there's enough to help other people with their issues and help. And that would be my faith too, not just my money. You know what I mean. But money is an expression of me if I'm the one spending it and I'm the one giving it. Me and Diana. Yeah, praise God. Just talking to you here. So let's, let's go back here to Isaiah 53. I'm talking about healing. And we just read that Jesus wants us to have life. Isaiah 53. Jesus wants us, us to have life and have it till it overflows. Have it till it overflows. I'm going to minister to some specific people in just a few minutes, but just stay with me right now. Amber, is your daughter back there? Yeah, you know, that's, that has some issues? The little, one. the little one, yeah, she said. And Jill, is yours back there today? Okay. Well, at the time, I'll, when I'll call for you ladies, if you'll go get your children, and I'm going to share a scripture, and your husbands could come with you up here too when I do that, but hang on just a minute. I'm not ready to do that yet, but I just wanted to see if you guys are in agreement with me. Well, maybe just tell you right now, and then we'll get into Isaiah. It's Mark 8. You ladies could write that down, or your husbands. Mark 8, 22 through 25, where Jesus laid hands on a blind man. He said, you see anything? He said, I see men as trees. So he laid his hands on him again. What do you see now? He said, I saw everything clearly. So that says to me, you could maybe minister in part over a period of time. And I'm just saying to these two ladies and their husbands, Matthew and John, that if you bring those children when I'm ministering here for the rest of the year or any other time that I'm ministering, I don't know, I'm not planning to be ministering a lot after January, but if I am here or something, you could bring them to me after service. I can lay hands on them. And let's get those children, and this is what the Lord told me in prayer this week. I wrote it down. Where did I put it? Uh, your babies are going to start speaking, walking, and whatever they need. And it may happen over a period of time. I'm saying that to encourage you, but I'll be glad to pray for them today. Lay my hands on them today and impart. And then next week when I come, you do the same when I have a prayer line. I won't have to say this every week and just bring them if you want to, if you want me to. And then I'll lay hands on them next week. And then, you know, for the rest of this year while I'm here preaching. Hallelujah. You know, I care about people. I hope you do too. I know you do. Let's look at Isaiah 53, verse 1. This is an important verse. I'm talking about healing. I can tell I'm not going to get near as far as I intended, but we'll get some of this done. Who hath believed our report? Who hath believed our report? You know, you can go to a doctor, and I, I think doctors are good people typically. I, I got a doctor right here. I like him, this guy right here. But you know, sometimes doctors are not God, and doctors don't know everything. Yeah, he can't see everything. I went to a doctor recently about something and he started talking and he was way out there. And I went to another one and he's got a whole different opinion. Isn't that interesting? 
none of your business, but it's just, I'm saying this to your good. Listen, whose report are you going to believe? Now, if a doctor says you have something serious, it'd be smart to try to figure out either use your faith on it and use medicine on it too. Or if you had to have surgery, maybe have surgery. I don't know. I mean, everybody has to figure that out. Brother Hagen made a comment one time. I never forgot it. I'm a smart student. Some people died because they had surgery. Some people died because they didn't have the surgery. You need to figure it out. I'm not going to figure it out for you. You need, to hear, you need to hear what I'm saying, though. You need to hear from God. John 10 says you can hear from God. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. So that's why I'm just following Jesus. The Lord said, don't let that guy touch you. So I said, okay. I called and canceled. Hallelujah. Whose report are you going to believe? It says here, who hath believed our report? The report of the Lord it used to be a song. Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. <laughs> we're, we were kind of clap happy back then, I think, you know. Anyway. Whose report are you going to believe? You, you know, there's people here today, you may be dealing with stuff that I don't know anything about. I have no idea what you're dealing with personally, unless you've told me. But whoever you are, everybody here, whose report are you going to believe? If you need a doctor, I'd pray and go to the right doctor. And I learned another lesson recently that the person I went to originally, not the one that I didn't like, the one I did like, told me to go to this other doctor and I went to him and he's the one I liked. Hey, he's an answer. I got it right. All right. Who hath believed our report? And this is the report. I'm going to give it to you. Verse uh, three and four here. It says, no, verse four, four and five. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and diseases and carried our pains. That's the way it reads in the Hebrew. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions or our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So the stripes that he bore for me and you in his beating, by those stripes we've been made whole. And I like the way this says that the chastisement to bring us peace, is the way it should be written, was upon him. So you and I can have peace. Even if the doctor gives you a bad report, you still should have peace. <laughs> and realize that he's a man talking to you. Maybe he knows some things you don't know. Maybe he's guessing. Even if he's right, there's still another report that God's got for you. And it's surely he bore my sicknesses, my diseases, and my pains, and my weaknesses. And then down to... Verse 10 here, I'm going to translate a little bit. Verse 10 of the same chapter. Yet it pleased the Lord to uh, bruise him. He hath put him to sickness and disease, made him sick. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So this is really talking here about how God made Jesus sick with our sicknesses so we could be healed. Are you listening to me? You got to think about this. Remember, he took them away. He took them away. You ever go to the doctor? If I need to. I'm not being stupid. But at the same time, I'm not always just entrusting my life to somebody that I don't know that well. Come on. And that may be just guessing at something. Come on. 
and so forth. And even if I went to another guy and he gave me the same opinion, I would say, well, that's not the end of this story. I'm involved here. Maybe he don't know what kind of guy I am. I doubt he does. Or her, whoever. But I'm just kind of guy like that. I'm going to see, well, what does my father say about all this? And I'm going to go with his report and work in his in my faith in that realm. Anybody listening to me? <laughs> okay. So he's born what we need to be healed and made whole and made sound. Every bit of it. I mean, you go back, we don't do that right now, but Deuteronomy 28 lists you all kinds of messed up stuff that people, because they didn't obey God and they weren't glad that they did obey God. They weren't glad to serve him. And all these curses came on them. They didn't keep his word. He said, do this, don't do that. And they did that. <laughs> so, See, they got in trouble. Really, they did it to themselves. God didn't have to do it. He set up perimeters. If you get over on this side, the devil's going to attack you. So that's why I always say, listen, be forgiving. I don't care who did what to you. Personally, I've had a lot of people do a lot of stuff to me. And I've just had to forgive them. And I learned the hard way. If I don't forgive, it's going to come back to me 20-fold or more. <laughs> yeah, and God corrected me one time about that. I said, I found a scripture. I think I'm going to pray and you're going to have to obey it. Imagine me talking to God that way. You know, he said, well, Michael, yes. But then he said this. And I, know, I think you're a bigger man than that. He broke me. I started weeping. The time I pulled in my garage, I was bawling. Oh, you're just acting real, real sophisticated with me now. You know, I had something about somebody I'd like to see that are whatever, how they did me. Because I'm not allowed to ever say that among you guys, you know. <laughs> I don't say it among anybody. I don't. I just forgive people. Yes, Lunatics and all, I just forgive them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew 14 here. Matthew, I'm just kind of silly with you, but I did say that to the Lord and he... He's, he said, I think you're a bigger man than that. Oh, shoot. I have to be a bigger man right now. <laughs> yeah, you know too much to act like that. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, I'm sorry. I won't bring it up again. Somebody wants to stick their own foot in a bear trap, go ahead. But I'm not going to trigger the trap for you. <laughs> no, I'm just talking. I'm just talking. You know, I, I, I feel bad that people screw up their life over something trivial. And something misleading and, and deceitful from their side of it. Or felt like I had some kind of ulterior motives. Well, just talking to you here. People ought to know me better than that by now. Matthew 14, 34 to 36. And when they were gone over, uh, gone over they came into the land of Gennesaret. This is a city there in Israel. And when the men of that place, notice this, had knowledge of him... They didn't just know about him. They had knowledge of him. They knew Jesus was a healer. Yes. They knew Jesus was a deliverer. They sent out into all that country roundabout and brought unto him all that were diseased. Now, here's a little side thought here. Notice they went about and got all that were diseased. They didn't go down through here and said, yes, yes, no, yes, definitely not. No, no, no. Yes, yes, no, no. Yes, maybe. They, they got everybody that was diseased in that whole community to come. So there must have been God's will to heal them all. That's what I'm trying to show you. And you think that people, you know, even in a church like this, God help you if you think like this, like you're running a roulette table. Seven come 11. You know, 
You've been at the boat too much or something. I don't know what you're thinking. Spin the wheel and see if you get it. No, you know, it's God's will to heal us. This is what this is saying right here. And this one, I could get you to 15 more scriptures, but they said they brought unto him, unto Jesus, all that were diseased, all of them. All of them. Whatever, it was minor, mediocre, or maybe severe. They brought them to him and besought him that they might only touch, verse 36, the hem of his garment or the tassel on the hem of his garment, it says in some translation. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Yes. So that says as many as touched him, they had faith to reach out and they got it. And the Amplified Bible says they were perfectly restored. I like that. Perfectly restored. And listen, don't get discouraged if you don't, if you get up here sometime or you maybe been up here before and you say, well, I didn't get anything from you. Well, you're not trying to just receive from me. You're trying to receive from Jesus. I'll straighten out your way you're talking. But you could receive, but maybe you had something interfering with that that day. Maybe you're expecting to feel something that's not available to feel. I'm a man anointed of God. I have anointing on me. People that believe it get things. I got... I got brought some stuff right here. I could read you. Let me just read you a few of these just to help you see something here. In July 2007, this was in Nashville. I broke my back in a four-wheeler accident. I broke six vertebrae, four ribs, punctured lung. I've been in constant pain since then, 2007. Every day I went, I went to one of Dr. Jacob's revival meetings in Nashville on July 24th, 2015. For prayer for the relief of arthritis pain, I immediately felt better, returned to my seat, and suddenly realized I was pain-free for the first time in eight years. It's now been over a week, and I'm still pain-free. I since worked in my garden, cut up fallen trees at our church, and still no pain. I've removed my handicap placard from my vehicle. You know somebody's ill if they'll do that. <laughs> I think that's the biggest <laughs> thing that shows it. I no longer need it. Thank you, Dr. Jacobs, for being obedient. This was a pastor. And I remember I prayed for him. I just touched him on his head. I had people come for spinal problems and arthritis. He says arthritis, I guess. He I'm, got into the injury. The arthritis went into cause, came because of the injury. Yeah. So when I'm leaving, Pastor Keith dismissed us, the preachers, to go back and eat. And this guy's following me down the road. Hey, Dr. Jacobs, Dr. Jacobs. I turn around and say, yeah, what? He said, I'm wearing a body brace. I said, well, I didn't frisk you. <laughs> you know, he had a big body brace on. He showed it to me. He said, well, I want you to feel this. He said, I've been tore up. I'm going to write you. He, he said when he got home, he took the brace off and threw it in the corner. Amen. You know, you're, you know, you're here when you take off your placard that you could park in the. <laughs> I just thought I'd talk to you a little bit. I don't do this very often, but I mean here, but I'm going to talk to you. This is somebody who's went to LabCorp for HIV. And it says here, the report was, everything is normal. After I prayed for them. Here's another one. There's one male, one female. HIV. This is from a university place. She went and had a uh, uh, viral load monitoring report. You medical people would know what that is. And... Uh, says not detectable. It was up to, I think, 49,000 something initially. Anyway, praise God. Two people healed of AIDS. Just talking to you here. 
There's a lady, I don't know what she was healed of. Let me see. Recently, Dr. Jacobs was at our church, Paducah, Dr. Cody. He called for anyone who had a problem with acid reflux, stomach-related problems. I had trouble sleeping because the acid kept coming up my throat. After Dr. Jacobs prayed for me when I went home that night, I slept without any difficulties. I'm still healed. So she must have filled that out later. This is another person. After being in uh, services recently with Dr. Jacobs at Paducah, uh, was prayed for uh, for uh, injury to my neck and shoulders. I suffered from a fall. Dr. Jacobs laid hands on me, and an angel did a work right then as well as in my spine. He fixed her neck, and he fixed her, fixed her spine that she said she didn't know about, but I must have said something to her when she was standing there. I was completely healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's pretty good stuff, man. You like it? I like that kind of. This is one with uh, somebody that's here today. I won't mention his name. But I had the pleasure of sharing a testimony of a miracle healing I received from Jesus Christ through your ministry. 2003, I was diagnosed with hepatitis C. After some blood work done, at that time, I didn't even know what it was. The doctor explained to me the hepatitis C is a blood virus which attacks the liver and other organs with no present cure medically. He explained it could be fatal. After a review of my past, he concluded that I contracted the virus through intravenous drug abuse. The doc, and this isn't me I'm reading about, but I had the same thing one time. The doctor's recommendation was immediate treatments of inferon, which is equivalent to chemotherapy. I shared my faith with him, told him I believe God would heal me. God had already delivered me from alcoholism and drug addiction. The doctor set me up for a liver biopsy and scheduled inferon treatments. And I was sure that God would make a way and I would not have to go through all that. After hearing the report, I came to you, Pastor, and asked me, he's talking about me, asked you to pray for me and agree with me that I'd be healed. You laid your hands on me and prayed the prayer of faith, pleaded the blood of Jesus over me and gave me scriptures to stand on, Joel 3.21. I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. That's a good scripture if you've got blood problems. Joel 3.21, I gave him that. I gave somebody else that just recently in a meeting somewhere. I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion, or in the church. He had also been preaching on confession and had the whole church confessing, let the weak say they are strong, Joel 3 and 10. Those two scriptures marked me out uh, of all I prayed and studied, now I was taking a stand. In other words, those two scriptures impacted him. Uh, I was attacked with fatigue, mouth sores, which caused my lips to swell and bleed, pain in every tissue and organ of my body. I was bedridden for two weeks, during which time I listened to your healing tapes on CD, and faith came. Praise God. My wife and I uh, had enough. Uh, let's see. My wife and I wouldn't settle for anything other than total victory. Had enough and they wouldn't settle for anything but total victory. We aggressively took charge and believed that all that you had taught us from the Word of God within two weeks, uh, things started to move and my healing we're in a move. And my healing began to manifest. I went back to the doctor to get the results of the liver biopsy after which I would begin the inferon treatment. I looked at him and said, give me your news doc. He said, you are the luckiest man on earth. And he told me personally, straighten him out. I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. But anyway, you know what the doc meant. There's no trace of hepatitis C in your blood anymore. Not a trace of it. And uh, he said to me, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You know, it's a sweet letter. Somebody here today with me. I appreciate that. Now there's several more and I've got big old folders full. I just picked these out today because they're 
really special. All, the, all these healings are special to me and to God and to you, if that's you. Now, we're here. Let's go to one more scripture over at uh, the book of Psalms 107. Psalms 107. I'm not going to preach you into the ground today, but I, I mean, I've got a lot to say, but we'll see what the Lord chose us to do for next week also. But Psalm 107, verse 20, this is one of my favorite scriptures on healing in the whole Bible. Uh, and I did some extensive study on it. And it says, he sent his word and healed them. Uh, we would say he sent his word to heal them, but it says he sent his word and healed them. So he's expecting, God is expecting his word to heal us. That's what I'm trying to say to you. So there's scriptures to cover everything. We already read Isaiah 53, which says, surely he bore all our sicknesses and all our pains and all our weaknesses and so forth. And by his stripes we're healed. But this says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, sometimes our destructions come in, in a lot of different ways. In the way we think, sometimes you think, well, I've never heard anybody get healed of that. Well, that doesn't mean nobody ever been healed of that. That's just somebody you haven't heard about. I mean, Moses brought out three million Hebrews out of Egypt. And some of the ladies were having babies as they went. Some of them were elderly people. I mean, Moses was 80 or something, wasn't he? When he came out, I think that's right. And Joshua wasn't a spring chicken. And there's all kinds of different elders. There were 60 and 70 and 80. And there was a lot of people in the middle age. And there were a lot of younger people, even teenagers and babies just being born, preschoolers and nursery age kids and elementary. And it says there was not one feeble one among them. And they didn't have a quick care out there. They didn't have a quick cure. They didn't have anybody to slice and dice either. You know what I mean? I mean, if you needed surgery, there was nobody to going to do that. That's my point. But God in his power and his authority, they ate the lamb and they put the blood on the doorposts. They partook of the Lord's Supper. And they were all healed because of it. Three million. Think about that. Three million people. So sometimes the way we think is our downfall. Some way the way we talk is our destructions down here. You can't talk about your destructions and get over them. The more you talk about downfall and what somebody said to you hurt your feelings or this didn't work out, here's the big one. Well, that didn't work out like I thought. Well, maybe your thinking wasn't right. Did you ever consider that? Did you ever consider you weren't standing on a word? You just made up something in your mind and said, I'm going to believe for that. If you've got faith, baby, it'll come to pass. But it's evident you didn't have faith for that or didn't go to the Bible and find out what God said first to stand on it. I'm not criticizing you. We've all done silly things when we were younger. We didn't know enough. <laughs> but if you stay with the Word, you'll get enough. You'll have enough life and you'll have enough answers to all the questions. Sometimes our destructions are in the way we think, the way we talk, the way we believe. I mean, just recently, I, 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 I didn't talk, but somebody else talked in my family to a relative, and all they talked about was pains and sickness and disease and everything that's wrong with them. How many of those things are going to stay wrong with them? I'm not going to tell them that because they don't listen. They don't listen to me. Yeah. Just telling you what I know. I had my, my own precious sister came to a service here, dying of pancreatic cancer. And 
I had anointing for that. I've had several people, I, I didn't bring those testimonies today, that got new pancreases from the Lord through me. <laughs> but she didn't even get up for prayer. Just had no revelation. Going to a denominational church all her life, had no revelation. If I tried to talk to her in the living room about it, just went, because she don't have anywhere to put that because it gets out of the box that she's in. I'm not criticizing her. Everybody's got a box. Just kick the ends out. Step out a little bit. All right. So some way our destructions are because of the way we think, the way we talk, or the way we believe. But let's find out what this scripture, we'll read one more time and give you a couple answers. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Notice he sent his word and healed them. So there wasn't anybody left out. Them, that would be us. We could say us or them. So the word would take care of all of us. And now here's what, the, here's what this scripture means to me. The word heals you, number one, it answers your questions. You know, when I first got a hold of healing, I was just barely, I was still in the Baptist church actually as just a member. And we had some, we, well, we, we didn't have many friends. My wife and I were there and there wasn't any young couples in the Baptist church that we went to at that time. I went to the pastor and said, Pastor Stevens, there's nobody we seem to fellowship with. We can go to our mom's house and dad's house, but you know, they're our parents. We love them and everything, but we'd like to have some people our own age to fellowship with. Why don't you believe for some? I had never thought about it. I'll get on that. <laughs> so I started praying. This, I'm going to tell this story. Within about three months, we had 10 couples come. God. All in our age group. Five or six of them really liked us. I'm not sure about the other three or four, but anyway, and they came to us and me and another guy named Michael, we both had more Bible knowledge than the rest of them, but we didn't have a lot to say to speak of really if I'm thinking back. But anyway, we started, I said to the pastor, again, I went to the pastor. See, I'm not out doing my own thing. Listen to me. I went to the pastor and said, if we met in somebody's home, these four or five couples, would it be all right with you if we taught a little bit and maybe prayed for each other? Well, sure. So we did. A couple of them got pregnant during that time. You know, we prayed for healthy babies and safe deliveries and different things. And then we had a couple came that had Hodgkin's disease. And he was going through chemotherapy and in the beginning stages. And I said to him, hey, Don, uh, aren't you going through chemotherapy? And I, he said, yeah. And he said, it's been rough. I said, what do you mean by that? Well, the last time I took a chemo treatment, I vomited 53 times. I said, oh, my God, that's not right. Now, see, I'm moving by the Spirit. I'm not Spirit-filled, but I'm moving by the Spirit. Listen to me here. This is how I first began to understand a little bit about healing. I said, do you have a piece of paper with the dates on it when you're going to take another treatment? Yes, sir. You make a copy, and we'll, we'll duplicate it and give it to all the people here. There's about six couples. But I said, I'm going to pray for you right now that you will not get sick again like that. I mean, I couldn't imagine vomiting 53 times. What do you got to get up after that? You know, I mean, it's just, it's just hell sometimes people go through with different diseases. I laid hands on him. I think the other Michael laid hands on him with me, and I just prayed for God to help him. And I didn't know how to pray for his complete deliverance, but I said, Father, help him with this chemotherapy stuff that he won't get this violently sick again. You know, he never threw up again. He took the rest of the treatments, and they, put it, they called it remission. We call it healing, but anyway... I understand what they meant by that. So, <laughs> I was just a little Baptist boy. I wasn't trying to violate anything. I was just trying to move in compassion. 
See, sometimes compassion will take you places you didn't think you would fit. <laughs> yeah. It answers your questions. It feeds your faith. This is what the Word does. It answers your questions. When I first got into it, I wondered about some of those passages and all my opponents today, they would say, what about that? And what about that? And what about this? And what about that? And I say, well, do you have time? I'll answer it. No, I don't. You can get the so-and-so out of here. That's what one lady told me in her hospital room. Flip me the bird. You know what the bird is, don't you? All right. No, I'm not going to show them what that is. <laughs> you know, when I, I went started toward the elevator, I started crying. I was so upset with myself and her, and I wonder why is she hate, a hater, such, such a hater. I just went into her room. I didn't know her. It's one of those deals. I don't do that anymore, so don't ask me. You know, when somebody knew somebody, knew somebody, had second cousin on that side of the family and knew somebody, knew somebody, would you go see them? Well, who in the world are they? Are they even going to want me to be there? <laughs> yeah. And she cussed me pretty good and gave me, gave me the finger, and I, I left. I, she brought up Job and Paul. That was her first comment out of her mouth. I said, I'm a pastor down the road, and I've come to pray for your healing. She had a trach. Well, I don't want you in here. You can get the... Leave this room right now. Okay. And you know what? It, it bothered me. It disturbed me. And I was crying. I was out in my car and God said, stop that crying. Well, you know, Father knows how to help us. <laughs> I was all emotional about it. See, emotions won't help you. He said, have you ever thought about praying for her? A praying for somebody that she would receive from? I said, no, but I know where that's at in the Bible. Matthew 9, 38. Pray the Lord of the harvest and send forth laborers into the harvest. So I said, Father, I pray that now, and I'm going to stop crying. Let me blow my nose. And, I'm going to, and I prayed that, and my guy in my church was a respiratory therapist. And he went into her room, and she liked him. And he got her healed and born again. She never came to my church, but you know, I don't know if he, he told her that I was that guy. But anyway, answers your questions. The word answered, and the word started answering all my questions eventually. And then it feeds your faith. Then it puts you in position to receive. The Word needs to put you in a position to receive. And number four, it helps you meet the conditions. The Word helps you meet the conditions. Now let's go over in our Bible for just a minute here to the book of Mark chapter 1. Now I'm going to stop with this passage, Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 40. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's see, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 and 42, 40 through 42. And, and there came a leper to him, you with me? Mark 1, 40, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If you will, thou canst make me clean. Now really, uh, you know, what his question is, is I don't, I don't know you could do it. I know you have ability to do it, but I don't know if you're willing to do it. And then we got to settle that. Brother Hagin says that's the number one opposition to people getting healed. They don't know it's God's will to heal them. You might think, well, God would heal Dr. Jacobs or God would heal Pastor Diana or somebody else that you respect around here, but I don't know if God will heal me. Well, you've got to settle that right now. And I'm going to give you a scripture to settle it. Because he said, there came, okay, with that, let me start. If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and saith unto him, I will 
be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. So by Jesus touching him and saying, I will, that settles that for me and you too. See, God is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. The man's concept was, I know he's got power to do it, but I don't know if he will do it. (laughs) And you know, if you're sick today, God's compassion's out towards you today, just like it was for him. His compassion flows to you. And I'm just playing his role for you. He's saying to you, I will. If you need to be healed, I will. I will heal you. I will help you. I will heal you. I will restore you. I will, whatever it is. And I want you to meditate on that this week in Mark 1, 40 through 42. Let that become a part of your thinking. See, that's a part where the word answered my questions. If I, was un, if I wasn't sure that God would do that. But now I know he will from a long time ago when I found that out in the scriptures. And I found out God's no respecter of persons, but he's a respecter of faith. So I want you to uh, come on up here if you need healing. Come on, stand.